0: Hello, welcome to Outdoors in Scotland. I'm John Burns and this is my podcast for folk who like to be outdoors in Scotland. It sort of does what it says on the tin, really. Um, I'm recording this at the end of October in Scotland in the Highlands. And we've had a bit of weather, haven't we? <laughs> I believe that, um, you know, it probably one of the wettest periods on record. And also um, there's now, I think, a couple of feet of snow in the Kerngorms. So yeah, the weather's been keeping us entertained. Hey, I'm, I'm often conscious that one of the things I, I, I don't cover enough in this in this little podcast about the outdoors is, is, is the Scottish islands. And and what a wonderful sort of place they are to roam and explore. And so I thought I thought today with my with my next guest I, I I would explore a bit about that and we can talk about that and and an explorations even further abroad I think. Um also this uh, my next guest is the the first actually qualified sea captain I've ever had on this podcast. So there you go, so it was an, another first. Um, my my guest today is author and 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 wanderer and, and and travel across the high seas, Amelia Dalton. Hello, Amelia. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you very much, John. Good to meet you.
0: Great, yeah. Nice to see you as well, or not, or listen to or hear you anyway. <laughs> now, I've got, I've got before we start, I've got to ask one question that's been burning away at me. Is it true that as a sea captain, you're entitled to marry people?
1: Oh well. Um... Technically, of course, uh, I'm not a sea captain.
0: Ah, uh, I think, oh, no, I, think uh, I,
1: I have qualifications to take a ship to sea. But that's good within, enough for me. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's within a particular area rather than the Antarctic or something like that. Actually, for the Antarctic, you need all sorts of special ice qualifications as you do. Oh, the wow. But okay.
0: um,
1: Unfortunately, it was, you know, I mean, the great thing about Scotland is that um, there may be, as you might say, a lot of weather. Uh, you don't usually have much ice,
0: um, <laughs> which is good. Not at
1: sea. Not at sea, anyway. Um, <laughs> I have seen an iceberg in the Sound of Mull. Right. Okay. That was quite, quite, quite a, an event, I must admit. Um, so to go back to your question about marrying people at sea, um, I have, to be perfectly truthful, I think that you used to be able to, but now you can't. It's not. It has to be um, um qualified. it has to be on land as well. Oh oh I, I think it used to be allowed I think that, it isn't was, it? Yeah, well, I if,
0: think you, you, you don't, don't do... have to tell people that you could marry him anyway, yeah. they wouldn't know, would be Exactly. They? <laughs> and actually these, these look really... <laughs> So well, how matter. how would you describe yourself, what are you doing right now or, or you know, you what oh, you this right stage now? in your life?
1: Right now, I'm actually in the process of um, planning a tour to the wonderful country of Oman and mm-hmm. also another one to Madagascar, both of which are countries I love and know very well. I've been fortunate enough to visit them a lot. So, um, yeah, those are both warm places. And nice. much as I love Scotland, every now and then going somewhere at warm is <laughs> <laughs> very predictable weather uh, is rather nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is nice to get warm now and again. I do. I, I, I do agree. So obviously your life has been um, categorised, you know, part of, made, the sea has been a big part of your life. How, how did that begin? How did you get into sailing and, 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 and uh, exploring such, such wild places? Well, I owe it, like many things in our
1: lives, I owe it uh, to, my, to my father. Um, I come from Yorkshire, so you can't really get middle of Yorkshire, get my from the sea in this country. But he was involved with raising money for uh, St Kilda, which you will know, west uh, oh, yeah, yeah. of the Hebrides. And um, so he thought he ought to see this place that he was raising money for. He chartered a converted fishing boat, and my life was quite um, not great at that particular time. And he insisted that I should go and join him with my then husband. And off we went to St Kilda uh, in June. The, we got on board actually in Oban on my birthday, and it was just—I mean, it was a real baptism. I'm, baptism of fire is the wrong thing to say because clearly <laughs> it was all water. Um, baptism of water, yeah, exactly. And I just fell in love with the West Coast. I couldn't believe how beautiful it is, and actually, it, it remains beautiful. You know, the the, the islands, yeah. uh, the seascape, um uh, the wildlife the flora, the fauna, the plants, the wild roses, orchids, everything. I just thought it was the most glorious place.
0: Um, And so, yeah, I fell in love with it. So it is amazing. So uh, relatively late in life. It's not like there wasn't a childhood um, sort of a a passion then, no? No,
1: I didn't know anything about the sea. The only thing I knew was that um, on one occasion, for various reasons, my father, uh, I'd been at home, my brothers, I'm the youngest of four. With three elder brothers, um, and um they'd all gone away to do things because they're much older than me. And my father said, What do you want to do? And I said, I want to see the sea. So okay. I'd always had this thing about the sea. Um, but Scotland and the West Coast and and going on this boat out to St Kilda, weaving one's way out through mm-hmm. the islands was just utterly magical, it really was.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I have to say that, that, that me and water have a, a sort of a, a, a rather distant, <laughs> rather distant relationship. I try and avoid it most of the time. <laughs> my, one of my <laughs> my, my few uh, sea going adventures was a, a whale watching tour off Mole. and uh, the only problem with that is that whenever a, 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 a whale popped up, I was looking in the other direction. But you must have seen a lot of things like that in the Scottish Islands, as we've talked yeah. about. Yes, I have,
1: and in fact, it's interesting because I mean those. Whale watching trips off Mull uh, into the lower southern part of the Minch.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where we went. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that has the most you can almost guarantee to see a whale uh, or or dolphins, porpoises. That, that you know in that part of the sea, the currents mix and it's very very rich, uh, and so yeah, killer whales, uh, a fin whale, um, and occasionally even a turtle. Gets you know washed really. Slightly I've
0: never heard of that. And what I didn't realise was, and I suppose it's, it's pretty obvious to, to if you think about it. But the 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 landscape under the sea at sort of affects the the, the, the its depths and, and and the sort of the the nutrients that are about. And not only affects the character of the sea and the wildlife that gets the around there. Is that something? You, obviously, that's something you you're very familiar with. Yes. 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 Yes.
1: And of course most. Many of your listeners uh, will know about the Koryv Rechen, the great big whirlpool between um, the north end of Jura and the island of Scarba. And that you an know, has one, well, it's, no, it's the cauldron of the speckled sea. Um, that's what Koryv Rechen, uh, means in Gaelic. And it is the most ferocious um, boiling of the sea, as it were. And the reason that that happens um on a um, on a spring tide when there's a lot of a lot of current and change in, in level in the sea, the water gets squeezed between these two islands and there's a column uh, of rock in the middle of the of the uh, a bit of, of the sea between the, the gulf between the two islands. Mm-hmm. And this column sticks up and as the sea goes through the gap between the two islands, it hits the column and it comes right up and creates a kind of whirlpool, Uh, and we used to, I mean, it's always said to be terribly dangerous, but uh, we used to have fun with it, and we used to power the boat up on top of this bubble, huge (laughs) mound of water, Uh, and bearing in mind that she was 85 foot long and drew five metres, we'd power her up onto the top of this mound uh, 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 in the sea, and then cut the engine, put her out of gear and she'd slide off the bubble to the side and then we'd go power her back up onto the top again. It's like being at the fairground. It was wonderful.
0: <laughs> Much to the consternation of the passengers, I don't know. Though.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, to begin with, to begin with, they were horrified and then they got the hang of the fact that actually we did know what we were doing and it was alright. All <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, you, mu- you must have had some, some adventures, not, not only on the sea, but also uh, 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 on land on the islands. Because the islands are very, the Scottish islands are fascinating places because I always think they've all got their own personality, their own sort of their own atmosphere. Is that, is that how you feel yes. about the place?
1: I absolutely agree with you 100%. I mean, they vary, obviously, geographically. Um, you know, the, the Outer Hebrides are going to be very different from the, from the inner Hebrides and, and the southern islands round, you know, round Gear and, and Jura and down that way. But they're so different. I mean, you know, Mull and Skye, two relatively big islands. Yeah. Um, lots of, you know, Munros on Skye, one on Mull, but yeah. they could not be more different in, in feeling. Um, and of course, Skye has the bridge, which means that it's relatively easy to get to. Yeah. Mull is quite easy as well, but I i mean, they're just very, very different. I personally really, really like Mull. I think it's a wonderful island. Of course, Tobermory, who could not like Tobermory? It's a lovely, lovely
0: Yeah, that's the main village on, 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 on Mull, isn't it? And it's got the the um, the um promontory that leads to uh, Holy Island. Is it Holy Island? It has,
1: yes, I yes, own yes it. I, own it.
0: I own it, sorry. That's I'm right, that's the wildlife in that area is quite amazing too.
1: Yes, it is. Lots of sea eagles and uh, and wonderful walking along the Gribbon, which is the west west side. Uh, yeah, really fantastic. And of course, Tobermory, you know, is has got everything, including a wonderful book festival. Actually,
0: oh right, yeah. Well, Tobermory, of course, was immortalised as, as Balamori, um <laughs> in the children's TV yeah, yeah. program, and that, that, I think that's its main claim to fame, really. But uh, and I, 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 I think there's a how can I put it a particular lifestyle and a particular attitude to life uh with with folk in the islands which is influenced a lot, well partly by living on an island um you're not really in control uh one of the weather or of 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 the sea and whether you're able to 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 get to place x on on time or And yeah, I, th- I think i think people uh, who, who live on islands, uh, certainly in the west coast, have a, a sort of different philosophy of
1: life. Yes. Do you think that's true? Yes, I think I think they have. They do. I think they have a self sufficiency um, because you know you can't always get what you want instantly. I mean, you know, Amazon packages don't arrive within twenty minutes. They work, certainly not by drone uh, in the way that they seem to be possible in other places. Uh-huh. So you have to be- self-sufficient. And it breeds, I think, the, the islands breed a great sense of community. You know, you, you have to, it's rather like being at sea. Basically, you have to get on with people. If you're on a boat and you have, you know, there are people there, you can't fall out with anybody in a big way. And on an island, it's it's not quite as extreme, but there's the same sense of getting on with people, helping your neighbours. Um, and, you know, if you don't like it, it's tough. You've got to make it work one way or another, unless, of course, you able to go away somewhere else, but it, it, there's a there's a sense of resilience about islanders, which actually, and whether that's um, you know a small island uh, in Scotland or an island in the Baltic or somewhere else, I think it's true of all islanders.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I, I would agree with that I I lived on Skye for a few years, and certainly um, Skye is probably as you say it's a big island, and it was and I was just well I lived there in fact when the bridge was opened. Um, this is quite going back of quite a few years now. Yeah, know I um, can
1: I can remember that too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but I did learn that uh, time time on the Isle of Skye uh, is, is is different from time anywhere else. Uh, yeah. Particularly if you uh, you know, if you wanted a tradesman come around, like a plumber or something like that, uh, come come around your house, you'd always. He'd say to you, I'll, "I'll I'll come around next Tuesday." But but I learned I learned that next Tuesday actually wasn't a date; it was a sort yes. of concept. And next <laughs> yeah. Tuesday could be next week. It could be next year, or it actually could be never. No, <laughs> yeah, you're quite right. I can
1: remember complaining to somebody about you know how I, I wanted something to do. An engineer, I think, to come to the boat, and and I and he was a bit like that, uh, and I was exasperated, and I said. Oh, you mean you, manana, manana. And I said, you know, that means, you know, day after tomorrow or never. And he just looked at me and he said in a very, very calm way, he said, Oh, there's nothing that urgent up here. <laughs> very,
0: very true. Well, you have to be, you have to be sort of laid back, I think, to live like that. Because I think if you're the sort of person who expects life to be well ordered and you expect it to happen when you want it to happen to be able to get things immediately. The island life reason for you.
1: I think you're right. I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think your first book was was Mistress and Commander, and it says Hi jinks high seas, and highlanders. I think it's a great, great subtitle. Um, <laughs> well, what inspired you to write that book? Oh,
1: uh, what I was inspired to write it because actually I was angry. <clears throat> excuse me. I was angry because um, people uh, having having left Scotland and having to start my life again effectively and get a job. I you know a different sort of job. Nobody would believe that I had done actually what I had done. Um and I thought, right, well I'm Jolliwell going to write a book. And I um I started off with a ghostwriter who I had for three or four years. And he wanted the book to be something that I didn't want it to be. He wanted to be a travelogue of the West Coast Well, that wasn't the book at all. And I uh, paid him off, said, thank you very much, gave up. And then a friend said, for goodness sake Amelia, just get on and do it yourself. So I wrote this uh, story, which is 99% true. Um, And um, I did decide at the beginning of it that if I couldn't get a publisher, I did not want to self-publish. If nobody was interested in publishing it, that told me all I needed to know. So, oh, really? That's
0: an interesting yeah, yeah, okay. I, I
1: thought that was important. Um, and I sent it off to Sandstown Press, um, you know, as you're told to do the first three chapters. Uh, and I did actually finish it, writing it, because I thought, well, I look really stupid if they do come back and say yes. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't got the rest of it. <clears throat> so I, I did finish it. I sent in the first three chapters, had nothing for three months. And then suddenly an email popped up. We'd like to publish your book and i couldn't believe it john you know no agent the first and only publishers i tried i was just so lucky
0: that, that yeah that is quite i think it's quite spectacular to be honest yeah, It was
1: astonishing so you know without wishing to i mean you know be modest about it. it's now in its third reprint um and um it's still going along selling very well and it's it's uh, it's a light hearted, entertaining read with short chapters, so you don't have to have a huge attention span. Right.
0: Um, right. And it's also, I mean, I, I, I you know, I think it, you, you write about characters and things like that, people that you meet. In some ways, it parallels some of the stuff that I've written about bothies. Because I remember an editor talking to me and saying, "Well, these people you're writing about—they're too fantastic. They, no, nobody could be like that." And then he visited a few bothies and met some of these characters and said, "You're not making this up. It's true." Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, again, it's something to do with islander islands and and people working at sea. It does. Lend itself those lifestyles to to people who are resilient, who have a kind of. Generally, the West Coast has the most fantastic sense of humor. Yeah. A very very good sense of humor, which of course we all enjoy.
0: I think that's true, and I think one of the things is people don't take themselves too seriously. Is that do you think that's fair enough? I
1: absolutely agree with
0: you. Yes. But there's also a great sense of
1: manners and politeness, which I like. Yes um you know and a sense of wonderful hospitality and yeah a concern for other people it's not just me 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 you know
0: yeah i think that goes back to the the thing about about tradesmen uh, uh, and um i think well they were they they probably didn't want to do the job or i knew they weren't going to come but but they didn't, they didn't want to disappoint you oh they told, sure you, right. they, they told you they were, to, they, were, they were going to turn up even when they had no absolutely yes. no intention they knew
1: very well they weren't going to but yes <laughs> Yeah. quite frustrating
0: that's right what's yeah. st- what what episodes stand out in your book for you then oh what
1: stand out well I suppose one of the times when I was really I mean there are you know good ones and bad ones I mean one mm-hmm. of the, the good good ones were often uh when we took the boat round to Peterhead in January for the maintenance all right and, so that's, um, that's just a
0: poke that's right on the other side of Scotland really not it? that's right
1: that's yeah. right we Used to go through
0: the Caledonia Canal. Oh, the, so you, that means you'd sail up Loch Ness then? Yes. Yeah, we came right. up Loch Ness.
1: We'll
0: past, in fact, not almost, not, not about a few hundred yards past my house right now, oh, so front door. <laughs> are you, which side of the lock are you on, east or west? I'm, uh, well, <laughs> I suppose I'm on the west side. The Caledonian Canal passes t- uh, about uh, only about a few hundred yards from where I live.
1: Oh, I see. Sorry, I thought you were on the lock. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful, it's a great, um, yeah, it's a very in- interesting construction, but um, we, we used to go around to Peterhead. Uh, and um, when the boat, the whole project started and the boat was actually brought into Peterhead by the lifeboat as a casualty, um, which was a disaster um, in every sense, and I had to rush up there. and knew nothing about boats at this stage at all. Um, and, um, you know, clearly, uh, clearly English with a very, as you can know yeah, uh, English, bad news, female, actively unlucky on boats, um, and as I was told with a poncy voice. So, ah. you know, I was I was uh, totally out of my depth, um, but I managed to, to keep the show on the road. And then a few years later, after the boat was converted and we had to go back to Peterhead with a problem with the gearbox, uh, and the boat could only do three knots Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it was really frightening. It was actually the weekend of a of the Brea disaster, which you may not remember, but that's when a tanker was washed onto Orkney, oh, and we yeah. had to get yeah, around no there in this appalling weather, and it was really very frightening. And in those days, Peterhead had a huge fishing fleet, and they used to being good Baptists. They didn't fish on a weekend on a Sunday, but come you know five minutes past midnight on the Monday morning the whole fleet of about 300 boats would come out of Peterhead and it's quite a complicated harbour and we wanted to come in at about midnight uh, oh, right. and I shouted up the, the, um, the harbour master and we have been going there by this time for, for several years and I shouted up the harbour master and said um, it's the Monaco, we've got a problem, we'd like to come in uh, and um, he shouted up the whole fleet on the VHF on Channel 6-7 and he said we'll just let this wee boaty come in and he stopped the whole fleet <laughs> uh, and, and then we came and I thought you know hello I've really I have made it I've earned my stripes you know <laughs> it was wonderful I mean fantastic support um, from lots and lots of people other people not so much but you know basically good <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I, I can understand how, what you're saying about perhaps having a, a slight barrier at first, but I, because of your accent, because uh no, no, there's no doubt. Being an English woman would not help, but but that those things in my those barriers and those those things are actually very short-lived in in, in my experience because people bear, they they bear those sort of uh, peripheral sort of. Um, uh, sort of barriers about where you're from or who you are um as soon as people get to know you that the 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 sort of history i don't know if that's your experience
1: yes. yes i mean the 90s this was all happening in the 90s and it was a rather more um chauvinistic world then than it is now I
0: think. yeah yeah definitely definitely oh absolutely absolutely uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah you yeah then you went on to write your second book which is pages from my passport tell me about that
1: well, pages of my passport, um, the whole the whole of my life actually would not be what it is and, uh, and has been uh, were it not for what I had learnt on the west coast of Scotland. In the course of uh, running the boat up there, I needed to, I, I learnt all about the sea, well not all about the sea, but I, I learnt a huge respect for the sea and I got my qualifications. Um, And pages from my passport is using that. I then uh, sold the boat and sadly got divorced. Life kind of fell apart rather. And I needed to find a job. And I looked around thinking, well, what else can I do? Um, I only really know the West Coast of Scotland. But I was fortunate in that a girlfriend put me in touch with a company and they ended up employing me as a tour leader uh, in Russia. Uh, and the Czech Republic. I mean, so far from the sea, I have no idea about any of the places. <laughs> um, off, I, off I went uh, and managed to survive a bomb uh, in St. Petersburg with all of my clients and um, oh my breaking down the train in Norway and I had a lady in a wheelchair and oh, endless, endless uh, complications, um, which I had to get over. And then uh, I thought, well, this is no good... I need, I need more income, you know, just a couple of tours a year is not going to keep me going. And I got in touch with Hebridean Island Cruises, who run the beautiful little Hebridean Princess on the West Coast. Um, And I was on board there as a guide and talking about the West Coast, which I knew. And I then um, heard that the company was going to uh, get an international ship. And so I wrote to the managing director and said, you need me. I'm two people rolled into one. You know, I can assess what the ship can do and I can write a tour for your, right, the the, the, the shoreside arrangements, organized. Oh, right, it. OK, OK. And to my astonishment, they said, yes, I think we do. <laughs> and so I had a blank sheet of paper to replicate what Hebridean Princess does all over the world. Oh, right, OK, I see. I mean, extraordinary. So pages from my passport is uh, a collection of scrapes and stories and adventures of me traveling uh, trying to find remote islands that still that have interest on them that people don't get to so using using a ship as a tool to explore Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 and um, so i got marooned on an island in norway uh, uninhabited island um, as you can, because I'm still here, they I, they managed to come remember me, which was ah. fortunate. <laughs> and then Madagascar was pretty hairy. Um, the Comoros Islands, uh, which are sensational. So it was, you know, berries between lovely, lovely memories and the most terrifying ones.
0: You, you were stung by a scorpion at one point. You tell us a bit of what happened there. Oh,
1: that was well. It was in 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 many like many things in life. It's probably entirely my own fault. But we were um, my my son was with me and I was trying to get to a little group of islands off the north um, northwest of of Madagascar and that involved camping on a beach effectively uh, and we were in a hut no electricity no water no nothing but we had taken mosquito nets with us right and uh, we set up you know our mosquito nets and all the rest of it uh, had some had our supper and then came back. And with our torches, we were busy sort of, scrubbing our teeth and spitting into the sand and trying to get ourselves organised. And I was climbing into bed and my son was sort of faffing about, you know, in a typical maternal way. I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm checking my bed for scorpions. And as he said that, I parted my um, mosquito net, climbed into my bed, putting my hand on top of the scorpion. Mm -hmm. Which, not surprisingly, stung me. Ouch. I've and, uh, never known anything so painful. I mean, it was like a red hot needle going up my arm, uh, up into my ear, down my left hand side. Um, I've still got a mark from it. Uh, and um, I thought, oh my God, you know, am I going to die in a hut on a beach in Madagascar?
0: <laughs> 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 you know, so, it was not the firm. Come on, now you've got it now. You're in a unique position here because <clears throat> you well, can. Consider- which is worse, the Highland midge in its millions or one scorpion bite?
1: No, oh, a scorpion any day. The midge is nothing compared with the scorpion.
0: <laughs> no, but there's millions of midges, you see. <laughs> now,
1: there are millions of midges, and they're hugely irritating, and they itch and they bite, but they're not super painful. They're not super painful. They're, no, they're not going to die from
0: a midge. <laughs> <laughs> they can drive you completely mad. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I think I am yeah. go some time ago. Um, we're coming to the end of our little interview now. What, what 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 plans have you got? What are you up to now then?
1: Well, I'm I'm planning um, a tour, as I said, for the lovely lovely country Oman. Um, oh yeah. Sorry.
0: Yes, yes, you did say that for yeah.
1: Oman um, to go um, not just where everybody goes, which is Muscat, but to go into the remote parts of Oman. It's the most dramatic country with charming people. And I'm also planning um, a Madagascar tour, which I'm very keen on. I love Madagascar, the people, uh, the wildlife. It's tough, um, but very, very interesting. And then, of course, I'm going to do a wine tour because I like a wine tour.
0: That sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, so, you know, good food, nice.
1: wine, interesting places. Yeah, all those things.
0: That sounds great. I mean, it's... it's, it's uh, like so you've had a rather like a rather breathless life, and uh, well, thanks very much for talking to me. And while, no, thank
1: you so much.
0: <laughs> I'll that put was really interesting. Well, oh, no, that's no, well, I, I think you've been a lot more interesting than me, really. Um, no, 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 no. Hot tents are always good. <laughs> oh yeah, right into the hot tent diaries. Okay, fair enough. Um, right, I'll, I'll, I'll put links to your books on the on my web page, and uh, I wish you all the best for your for your future uh, expeditions. Thanks Thank very you very much, much
1: John. Thank you very much. Very enjoyable. Nice to meet you.
0: <laughs> Take care. Thank you.
1: Goodbye.
0: Bye.